0: Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome back to a special episode of The Path Forward here at TASA Midwinter. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Fernandez. I have a very special guest, friend of the program. He's been on many times. There's a reason why we continue to ask him to join us. Number one, is energy, his love for kids, and he's got some great things to share. Dr. Daryl Hinton. Superintendent Marlin ISD, the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, glad to be here, Dr. Fernandez. And thank you for always having me back on the podcast. Well, you know how much fun we had. Number one, we have a great time and we get to talk a little shop, a little education. Yes, sir, we do. So I'm, I just want to dive right in. Unbelievable growth and success Thank you at Marlin ISD. And I know your teachers are outstanding. The kids put the work in, everything that goes into it. But I want you to give me a play by play. How did y'all get
1: that work done? Well, first and foremost, we have to give credit to our faculty and staff and our students. They heard the call. They met the challenge. And ultimately, they were able to overcome and achieve monster success. So here's kind of the play by play. Whenever you come into a school district that needs to be turned around, you hear the phrase, let's hit the ground running. But running was not going to be fast enough in Marlin, Texas. We had to take off with jet fuel. Okay. So we coined the phrase, the takeoff. Okay. So everything that we did, we had to make an immediate impact. I don't know what a three-year plan is, a five-year plan, a seven-year plan, but I know what a one-year, <laughs> let's-get-it-done-for-children-right-now plan it is. And it comes down to the three Cs, curriculum, culture, and common sense. Okay. And by really attacking the hearts of everyone involved and working with our children. But we have to go beyond the relationships and get to a point of accountability and support. But more importantly, self accountability, because what I do every single day is it going to impact children at the highest levels to maximize and turn their potential into performance. So obviously you you
0: come in as a superintendent, you know that there's work to be done in the best interest of kids you know that you've got to lay the groundwork, the vision, the mission, and you're probably, not probably, you're going to be asking for some change, right, some change in the way we do things. But how do you get the staff to buy in? Because I'll be the first to admit, had the same issue, went in, guns blazing, and probably missed the boat on how I delivered some of that message.
1: How did you get them to buy in? As a superintendent, our number one job is to be clear. You have to provide a major sense of clarity to where we're headed and what we're going to do. But I made sure that I sold the problem and not the solution. I wanted for everyone to buy in and see, just like I saw, mm-hmm. children not reading is a problem. Children not being able to do math on grade level is a problem. Certain behaviors are a problem. Okay. Once we identify the common problems, let's now work together on the solutions. So my job is to be able to support you and whatever solution you come up with to attack our common problems that we all know. So you so you
0: started by making sure everybody, it was transparent, eyes wide open. Transparent as water, crystal clear. At the kind of Puerto Rico. <laughs> there is nobody in the district that could say, okay, I didn't know that that was an issue here. Like everyone was
1: on, what you're saying is you had everybody on the same page with where the gaps are. We were all beginning to row in the same direction. And those who tried to row in the opposite direction were made to feel uncomfortable immediately. And as
0: you're, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're having a great communication with your board and they've got my board, by the way, I, I have the best board in Texas. <laughs> you do have a great board, but at some point they had to get, cause they're the ones going to hear it when people are a little bit uncomfortable. You had to get them on board. How did you get them on board with the vision? And, and then my same, I'm assuming the same thing. You had to make it very
1: transparent to them too. Very clear and very transparent, but I allow for the board to set the vision. Okay. I asked the board right away, what is it that you want to accomplish? And anything that they gave me that was generic, let's lower the plane down some. Let's talk about specifically, what do we want to happen for children in this community? Then it was simple, okay now, you said that you want this. This is what it takes. This is what it takes to achieve what we have to do for children. Because anyone could talk all day long, kids first, we love the kids, but do you really? Are you ready to fall on the sword when need be? Are you ready to have more than a tough conversation? It takes tough actions to make change in order to get results that are unordinary. You have to take unordinary actions and unordinary leadership. So share some of the the accolades
0: that y'all, I mean, obviously I know you yeah, I saw y'all are a demonstration school, but I want you to share share some
1: of the awards and accolades from this year. Well, a lot of the awards that, once again, our faculty and staff and our students have received, we were a national demonstration school from Marlin Elementary. Ten years improvement required. Ten years F. Over four thousand plus days of state intervention. That's a lot. First of all, four 000? that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of time. That's like a four K TV. Four thousand days. What were y'all doing? Playing school? So. Turning it around, once again, immediately, now we are a national demonstration school. On the state level, we have been recognized by the House of Representatives, by our Speaker of the House, by the House Public Committee. We are a state demonstration school, and we are also a state demonstration district. Little old Marlin ISD, off of Highway 6. That's unbelievable. Marlin, Texas.
0: That is unbelievable, And, and congratulations to all your success. Thank you. You know, I'm gonna ask this question just because We're both athletes, we understand this. So now you can win the championship, that's great. How do you maintain? How do you come back and say we killed it, we're gonna celebrate, but guess what? We gotta maintain
1: and even increase. I'm a natural competitor. So everyone I hire has to have a will to win and a will to win for student success. You're right, we won the championship. We won the FIFA World Cup. But how do we create that dynasty? Right. Once again, we're creating that level of hunger and passion and tenacity in every educator and every parent and every student. We can clap for ourselves in 2022, mm-hmm. but what's the plan for 2023, 2024 and 2025? It's something about consistent improvement and consistent winning. The hardest thing to be in life is consistent. So all I want for everyone to understand is each child's in school for 13 years. I want you to win every year of the 13 years. We're not gonna celebrate just the one year you won. I want you to win every single year. I love that, I love that. So,
0: like the dynasty, building on the success, you've got, well, not you, but the, the state has a teacher turnover problem, a retention problem, um, finding quality leadership problem. Teachers are looking, oh, Marlon I teeth unbelievable success why should they come to marlin
1: isd to be a part of the family you should come to marlin because we know exactly what we want for our students and we know how to support our teachers if you have a teacher who believes in the mission of public education first and foremost you have to train them well okay and we uh, invest a lot of our energy and time into training our faculty and staff whether that's actual pd or train them on how to cope with anything that brings them stress it's all about mental health and wellness the next problem to the triangle is they have to know that they're making a difference how do you do that simple pre-tests and post tests when the students first began the lesson they may have not known a thing but through your great teaching through your care through your tutoring through your faith through your excuse me through your high quality first high instruction mm-hmm. now The kids are thriving. So as a teacher, you feel good, like, I did that. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't know what a dip thong was, just a thong. But now. I have no idea what that is. But now he's ready to go. And the last thing, you have to be on a journey with the peer. We've created a sense of true teaming in Marlin ISD because it's easier to tackle a giant when you have people with you. I got my people with me. Right. I got the hood behind me. And so, Marlon ISD, and and we have truly created a sense of culture and community to where we support each other, and we're behind each other every step of the way. So I want your
0: uh, I want your feedback and your and your reaction to a couple of theories that I have. You know, I like to throw some stuff out there. Let's talk. So, and I and I threw this out to Wade Stanford from Westwood earlier. But in terms of feedback and coaching, kids are kids go to practice, right? They go to the field. Parent, you'd expect that kid to practice almost every day, and then you have your game day on Friday. For teachers, that's not really what we expect in terms of coaching and feedback. It's sometimes it's disjointed. Sometimes it's you know, we follow the T test or, or what we we do all of that. But how do we grow our teachers more effectively? And what I I believe is that when people are learning and growing at their job, regardless of what it is, the sense of belonging belief and buying grows because they are getting better and there's a tangible there's tangible evidence that I'm growing I'm getting better as a leader I'm getting better as a teacher how do we do that uh, without turning up the frequency because teaching is very much a skill like if you're going to go teach somebody how to how to swing a baseball bat and hit a fastball that's a very discreet you've got to put some time in I feel like we need to Figure out how to put some of that time in to giving feedback and coaching so it just becomes instead of its feedback and coaching and it's t-test it just becomes the way
1: right exactly it becomes the culture and the norm if a teacher once again has that will to win you have to be coached we can't worry about the frequency in order to get better you have to do things with a level of consistency how do you build trust in anything by being consistent over time how do you build a habit by being consistent over time When we talk about coaching first and foremost the leader has to be a great coach yep just having the title of principal instructional coach superintendent that does not mean that you can help that teacher improve their skills from a level three to a level seven so how are we as coaches developing our own skill set specifically related to communicating with adults to transfer knowledge to children to make everyone better so it's all goes back to just that culture. And I know in Marlon ISD, we have created a phenomenal culture of we're going to win. But we cannot have a level of arrogance to think that everything is inside of us. I look at it like coaching, kids. I despise the phrase they have natural talent. You still have to cultivate it. You still have to coach it up on a consistent basis. So we we develop all of our teachers' talents on a consistent basis through feedback and through quality coaching from quality coaches. So you bring
0: up an interesting point of, you know, the continuation and the growth and the the consistency. I think one of the biggest issues that education is facing is not only change, because change affects everybody. It's tough anywhere at any organization. That change is going to come. Sam Cook said it, not me. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think we're missing the acceleration of change. I think change is starting to occur so fast, whether it be technology whether it be an event like covid where whether it be the career path that we're supposedly supposed to be guiding students towards right how do we become more how do we become more comfortable with understanding that this year or this semester even may not look like next semester that our students may need a whole different uh, skill set based on the evolution of our economy at the job market uh, higher ed whatever it may be I think we're missing a little bit of that. Hey, we've got to be flexible, adaptable, and, and really understand that that's what kids
1: are going to be first and out there. Correct. Right. So in education, we are naturally change-averse. Oh, we don't like change. I want to work my time at the school. I want to be off during the summertime. I want to get paid twice a month, once a month, or every other Wednesday, depending <laughs> upon where you work. And we just do not like change. So how do you establish change? you have to begin to remind them of the times that they have adapted to change. So I'm not going to give up any plug for any brand right now, but let's think about our Apple iPhone. Think about that first charger. It was, it was the long one with, with the prongs. And when they switched over to the lightning cable, people complained, I have to change, I have to change. But now I can imagine going back to that long charger because it used to always break. Think about the Apple iPhone. We used to have our home buttons. They took away the home button and then everyone act like, oh, I'm going to switch over. And we complained. I couldn't imagine having a home button on my phone now. So we have to remind people of tangible things in their life in which the change at first may have been uncomfortable, but it made things a lot easier going forward for the future. And we can no longer be selfish enough to not want to change ourselves as adults for the betterment and benefit of the children that we serve. I want your feedback on one more
0: idea that I have. We're at these conferences, it's leadership, it's for our growth, professional development, You get to hear other people uh, share how they're doing things for their districts. What I don't see and what I wish I, I would see more of is if we're truly invested in growing our leaders, particularly our, our aspiring administrators, shouldn't we be having more discussions about the mistakes that we've all made and, and not just uh, you know surface level but truly deep diving into some of those mistakes so that there is learning because i want i learn not only from the mistakes but the way people are thinking about yes the mistakes and and the path forward to either correct or not not
1: uh, recreate the mistake down the road so that's a level of wisdom that we could all benefit from being shared you learn a lot more and you learn faster from your mistakes than right. from your successes. So we would all like to see panelists get on the stage and talk about areas in which they could have improved better or did things differently. But that takes a certain level of trust and vulnerability. And I don't know if we've created a culture where we can truly be vulnerable without being judged. But aren't we asking teachers to do that? We are. But but a lot of times, and I'll admit a lot of times in most professions, we say things that we don't really mean. Think about a job interview. We right. all interviewed teachers before, and they sell us this dream: Kids first. But they're literally beating the bus out the parking lot, almost hit two kids in the homeroom next door. But, but you said all these things, so... We should be doing it, Dr. Fernandez, but are we doing it? I don't know if we're at that place as a society because people, not me, because, you know, I'm, I am i love all. I love Jesus. I love all. People are so judgmental, and everyone doesn't have thick skin. They might have some ashy skin, get some <laughs> lotion, but they all don't have thick skin. Man, that, I feel like we're just missing the boat on that
0: because any mentor, any anybody that's ever— been a part of guiding me or coaching me those those conversations had to happen yes because if I'm going to step in it somebody needs to tell me or help me before I step in it
1: i told tell you great definitely warn you before it happens
0: yes I we got to figure that out I, I really believe that we have to figure out how do we incorporate that part of it into our learning system right our, our system of professional development and I think that would do wonders, like you said, wonders for, for all of us, because then everybody can go, Every, everybody's dealing with this. I'm not the only one that screwed this up or did something wrong. I mean, because we all are going through struggles and, and missing opportunities or going about
1: things the, right, uh, the wrong way. But I'll tell you this, as an educational leader, as a young African-American educational leader, I have to work from an area of perfection. And it's not fair. Because as a minority leader, if I make one mistake, it's over with. Okay. If I have one slip up, and it might not even be my fault, the repercussions for us minority leaders, you and I included, is different. And so a level of vulnerability, one, to express your mistake. But I'll be honest, Dr. Fernandez, we're not at a place to where we can even make a mistake. And so I've, I've had to operate since 1984 from a place of perfection along the way, because I'm understanding that my areas of deficit might not be forgiven or looked past like someone else's. And that's just the God honest truth.
0: So should we, if if that is what we're dealing with, do we have to continue that message to the next generation of Hispanic, the next generation of African-American school leaders. How do we break that? Is it, is it not, can it not be broken until something happens holistically in our profession?
1: Correct. I think that we have to just continue to build mold and develop all leaders, but we have to make sure that we're being honest about what is taking place out there across the board for leaders of color. And I put it comment upon us to train up those who are coming up along the ranks. Be mindful of how you speak, of how you dress, of how you smell, of certain things in which you do. And will it change? Yes. Will it get better? Yes. Tomorrow? Probably not. But we really want to make sure that we get to a place of just coaching and developing leaders on the realness of the job and of leadership.
0: That's a heck of a point. I had not considered that component when thinking through that uh, because I do get a little bit like, you know, how many fireside chats can you go to when the variables are different? The skill set's different. I can't replicate that. They can't replicate what I do. So I start to think about how valuable, how am I going to use this, right? So I was at a coaching clinic as a young coach um, here in Austin. Matter of fact, so excited to hear Dean Smith talk Carolina about roy williams you know and i remember dean smith getting up there and drawing up their plays and he said well, we just do this 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 and this and i mean he had five all-americans just like you know college athletes they're all getting drastic i was just floored that like coach we can't i can't do that I, I got you know everybody on my team is five seven and can barely shoot you know the the i can't replicate that how does that apply to me and when I think about that, I'm thinking, all right, what can, what can I learn from? How do we do this where there's some learning, knowing that I'm not going to be able to replicate that success? Uh, I struggle with that piece because it's a lot of very intelligent people here that have a, a lot to offer. Yes. I just, I just want to do that better. I want us to figure out how we do that better. Uh, and maybe it's not possible in a, in a situation like this, we only have an hour session or, you know, but- if we're truly looking at growing, we got to figure that out to where we're sharing in a different, more a vulnerable and more
1: intensive way so that we're growing as school leaders as well. No, I totally agree. It's all about developing that level of trust amongst our colleagues, those who are closer to or those who are not, and just be committed to the actual process and vision of developing others because no one is ever going to be perfect. But we have to strive for it as it relates to getting the most out of our children, faculty, and staffs.
0: Well, you have made several, uh, several great promo videos for us with your wisdom today. Heck of a job, Marlin ISD. Thank you so
1: much. Just blew it out of the water. I mean, and we passed the bond too. I know. I mean, I don't know what else. We have some new stuff coming to Marlin. Where new things coming. New stadium. New high school elementary and middle school renovations. It's going to be new. Smell like the inside of a new car, (laughs) the whole city.
0: Well, when y'all get it all finished up, let me come on down
1: and take a look. You know, I love seeing the kids in action and seeing you guys in action. Great community, great students, great teachers, principal leaders. It's a great place to be in Marlin, Texas.
0: Share your Twitter handle real quick to the listeners because you do have some great things going on. Some
1: uh, You share some great opportunities, some great inspirational words. So if you wouldn't mind for the listeners. Thank you. Please follow me on Twitter at Dr. Henson 2 D-R-H-E-N-S-O-N, the number two.
0: And for all our listeners, please do the drill. Subscribe, like, comment, talk about his suit if you want to. He's always outdoing me in, in the dress code. So, uh, Doc, thank you for being here. It was great to see Glad you. Glad to be here. Anytime. Produced by Podcast Architects.